Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. What's happening? A good Monday to all of you. Thanks for joining me as always. It is much appreciated. Before we get started with the Patriots content, King Cato jumps in. Good morning, Nick. This is a super chat to start our week off. Any thoughts on what happened with Cam Newton over the weekend? Man, oh man. If you didn't see it, Cam Newton pretty much got jumped by a couple of dudes. Looked like he was trying to break up a fight. Somebody ran in, sucker punched him. Here's my thought. Don't try to jump Cam Newton. <laughs> the, the, the dude is what, like 6'5", 250? And he was ragdolling people. So that's my take. My take is Cam Newton is not somebody you should mess with. Those people found that out rather quickly. Shout out to Cam for defending himself. And, uh, yeah, he was moving people around. King Cato 21 also asks about Kyle Duggar, talks about resigning him, and Jonathan Jones maybe moving him to a, a safety role on this football team. We'll get into that, King Cato. I do want to jump into the defensive side of the football. We've spent so much attention on the offensive side, and rightfully so. As we know, the Patriots need a bunch of help on offense, but they also need some help on defense. Before we get into that, though, I want to give you an update on the salary cap. I thought it was uh, good news for the Patriots over the weekend with the salary cap. And I understand with the salary cap going up, that means other teams can sign their guys. Guys might get overpaid. But look, if I'm the Patriots, I want as much money as possible that I can spend because that means I have more options. So if you tell me that the Patriots are going to have more money to spend than we thought they were going to have to spend, then that's a fantastic thing. Tom Pelissero posted this on X. The NFL announced that the 2024 salary cap will be $255.4 million per club. Woo! Jonathan Jones from CBS, not the cornerback, posted that the $255.4 million is up more than $30 million from last year's cap number and well beyond all the recent estimates. If you were wondering, the NFL salary cap rose 7.9% from 2022 to 2023, 7.9%. This year, it's being bumped by 13.6%, just an astronomical windfall for teams that are looking for cap space. Miguel Benzin, the best online. If you want to watch people discuss, write down, post the salary cap numbers for the Patriots and what that means for their cap space, 
Benzin posted my new projected Patriot salary cap space number after the announcement is 87.3 million. And I, I remind you, if you cut JC Jackson, that saves another 14 million for the Patriots. So according to Benzin, they're sitting at $87.3 million in space right now. You cut Jackson, that saves $14 million. That would lead you to over $101 million in cap space. Ipso facto, the Patriots can spend a ton of money this offseason if that's what they want to do. Now, the franchise numbers, this also impacts the franchise tag. If you want to franchise tag Michael Wenu, it's now going to cost you almost $21 million. If you want to franchise tag Kyle Duggar, it's going to cost you just over $17 million. But overall, I take it as good news because, again, if you're the Patriots, you're trying to get as much talent as humanly possible in this offseason to reset things. And the more money that you have means the more talent that you can bring in. And, yes, it's a balance across the league, but I'd rather have more money than less money. Let's look at the defense. The biggest question, I think, to start all of this off is Matthew Judon. Are you going to keep Matthew Judon? He's walking into the final year of his contract. We know that he had his contract tweaked last season before they kicked off. So are you going to keep Judon? Do you think he is somebody that you absolutely need to keep on this roster? Or are you looking to trade Judon? If you're Elliot Wolf and Alonzo Highsmith, do you say to yourself, Judon's in his 30s? He's coming off of a biceps injury. We might want to trade him, get a pick, and just move on because of that last year in the deal. So you've got three questions with Judon, I think. The first question is, do you want to bump his pay and keep him this season like you did last year? Do you want to extend Judon, tack on a year or two to the existing contract so he's here for the next three, four seasons, or do you want to trade him? So that's the first question if you're the Patriots. What are you going to do with Matthew Judon when you talk about this defensive roster? Now, needs. What are the defensive needs? I think edge is a need, right? Now, you've got Keon White, you've got Dietrich Wise, and you've got Judon under contract. It still feels like you're very light at the edge position. Of course, you can play Tavai there at times like we saw. You could bring back Mac Wilson. But what are you going to do on the edge? Because you need depth there, and I think you need talent on the edge. Second, free safety. Right now you have Joshua Bledsoe and Jabril Peppers that are contracted, and, and Bledsoe's not even contracted for, You know, technically. He is the exclusive rights free agent, which gives the Patriots a great chance to bring him back, but he can still talk to some other teams. So free safety, you've got Bledsoe, maybe, and you've got Peppers. They released, as we all know, last week, they they decided to move on from Adrian Phillips. And we know that Jalen Mills is walking into his free agent year. So, you know, free safety is a question. Is Marte Mapu going to play safety? Is he going to play linebacker? That's another question. Interior defensive line. You release Lawrence Guy. So right now, on contract, you've got Barmore, Godchow, Aquale, and Roberts. Those are your interior defensive linemen. Roberts, a late-round pick, shown a flash or two, but has not been consistent. Ekwale, more of a, a pass-rushing kind of interior defensive lineman. Godchow was getting a little bit older. Barmore played like a stud last year. I think all of us are excited to see Christian Barmore this season. He's one of the guys that you could say has the 
possibility of being blue chip for the Patriots in 2024. And I also think outside cornerback is a need. I know you've got Jonathan Jones. There are no questions about Christian Gonzalez if he stays healthy. But I do think bringing in an outside corner. J.C. Jackson did not play great last year. He didn't play great in L.A. Again, he has that big contract number. So I would not be super excited to bring him back as my number three cornerback. Alex Austin looked good towards the tail end of the season. Is that somebody that you want to spend money on? So these are all questions that you have. I will give you my defensive free agency plan in a minute. Don't forget, if you want to jump to the front of the line with your comment, with your question, you can do that by sending a super chat like King Cato did to start this podcast today. It's very easy. You send the super chat. I pull it up. We talk. You jump to the front of the line, and of course, you also contribute financially to the program. So we'll get into the defensive free agency plan in a minute. I do want to share something with all of you, though. I am working on a Patreon. I am working on a Patreon account, and now the idea is to deliver all of you bonus content. So if you like what we do here, you will want to pay special attention to the Patreon news that will be coming out over the next week or two. The Patreon at least is planned to begin the week of free agency. So we've got two weeks and I will be delivering bonus content. It's not going to impact this podcast. You're still going to get this daily podcast for free on YouTube. And of course, you can check it out on Spotify and Apple Pods. But if you like what we do here and you want some extra perks, and you want some extra content, we will be starting a Patreon in the next two weeks. So be on the lookout for that. And while you're chilling, don't forget to give us that thumbs up, like, and subscribe. It takes a second of your time to do each of those things, and it means the absolute world to us as we're trying to hit 2250 is that number. want to try to hit 2250 by free agency week as far as subscriptions. We're about 200 or so away from that, so let's continue to drive the traffic. Like and subscribe. And continue to throw your comments in as well. I love going back and forth with all of you. All right. Offensive free agency, we spent about $62 million if you're looking at average annual value. That means you have about $30 to $40 million left to spend. Defensive free agency, if you look at the names out there on the market right now, the defensive side of the football is actually much deeper than the offensive side. And we're seeing it already, right? We saw T. Higgins, which we'll talk about a little bit getting franchise tagged over the weekend. We see that, of course, uh, Tampa Bay is looking at Mike Evans and wanting to keep him in town for the next several years. We think that Michael Pittman is going to get franchise tagged by Indy. So offensive talent, it's not as deep in this free agency class as far as true impact players. And it makes you wonder. I thought Evan Lazar last week did a fantastic job. I think it was on his mailbag at Patriots.com writing about the idea of, hey, maybe you put a lot of money into the defense, which would be the opposite of what a lot of Patriots fans want this team to do. Thought it was a very interesting take by Evan. But the defensive free agents are deeper than offense. So here's my plan. Number one, I'm re-signing Kyle Duggar. I'm not tagging him. I'm re-signing him. I am giving Kyle Duggar a four-year, $60 million contract. That's $15 million a year. And here is what I want to do with Duggar. I want to sign him to that extension, and I want to put him back in the box where he belongs. That's what he does best. He is a playmaker inside the box. And, yes, you can use his versatility every once in a while, but I think we learned last year he's not a free safety. He's not a guy that's going to play on the very back end. That's not 
his best talent. That's not his best skill set. So I'm re-signing Duggar, and I'm keeping him in the box. I am using him the way he should be used within this defense. So that's number one. Number two, I'm bumping Matthew Judon. I'm bumping his pay. I'm going to give him about five, six million dollars of guaranteed extra money for 2024. I'm going to give him some incentives as well so he can make even more money than that. But I want to keep Judon happy. I'm not giving him an extension because he's in his 30s. I will bump his pay for 2024. I think his leadership is needed. His productivity on the edge is needed. I don't think you can allow Judon to leave this roster. I don't think you have enough depth at edge, and you're going to end up having to spend a lot more money to address both edge positions than you would if you just decided to hold on to Judon and give him that extra bump. So I'm re-signing Duggar. I'm giving Matthew Judon a bump in pay. Here's the next thing I'm going to do. I'm going to bring back an old friend. And some of you might be like, what? Really? Yes, really. I'm going to bring back Stephon Gilmore. I'm going to sign Stephon Gilmore to a one-year deal, $10 million. Yes, he's a little long in the tooth, but he played well last year in Dallas. I think, again, he brings you that leadership. I think he is more than good enough right now to play opposite of Christian Gonzalez. I bring Gilmore in. I bring back Alex Austin. I have some depth there on the outside. So I think when you look at bringing Stephon Gilmore onto this specific roster, it checks the leadership box, and it also allows you to move Jonathan Jones inside, or you can move Jonathan Jones to the back end at safety. But you have that versatility. And I want to tell you one thing before we move on here. This isn't every single move. You have to fill 53 roster spots. I'm not going to go through every single solitary move. Like Miles Bryant, I would be interested in bringing him back because of his versatility, okay? But I'm not going to go through every single solitary thing here. We, we only have, you know, one podcast a day. I'm not going to spend three hours on every single move. But I like the idea of Gilmore. It gives you, again, the option to move Jones into a spot where he might be better off. And you have Gonzalez and Gilmore as your two outside corners. It's a one-year deal, so you're not handcuffing yourself down the road. It, it is money that can be easily handled at $10 million. And as you have Gilmore in that spot, you can further develop Austin. And you can also look at a later-round pick this year in the draft, or you can address cornerback in next year's draft, knowing that Gilmore is likely going to age out. So give me Gilmore as my cornerback, too. Yes, I know he's older, but he's still effective. He has played in this defense before. He knows how to do it. And he is that steady presence opposite of Gonzalez, who I think all of us, again, to go along with Barmore, we all see Gonzalez as a possible blue chipper on this football team. So to recap quickly, I'm re-signing Duggar, four years, $60 million. I'm putting him back in the box where he belongs defensively. I'm going to bump Judon because I don't think you can lose Judon in this offseason with all of the questions about the edge already. I'm signing Stephon Gilmore to a one-year deal to be my cornerback too. Then I'm going out and I'm signing somebody who the Patriots actually had interest in last year, and that is Andrew Van Ginkle from Miami. He's an edge. He can get to the quarterback a little bit, play the run a little bit, and he's not going to cost you a billion dollars. So I'm going to bring in Andrew Van Ginkle as my 
edge opposite of Matthew Judon. Now, you could also look at bringing back Anthony Jennings. I wouldn't hate that. Again, I can't go through every single move. I'm giving you the top five or six line items here. So I would sign Andrew Van Ginkle, two years, $15 million, $7.5 million on the AAV. I think he's a good fit on the edge. And now you have a little bit of depth there, especially if you can bring back Jennings. I would also look at Mac Wilson, who has done a very good job over the last year, year and a half with this defense. Seems like Gerard Mayo and company figured out how to utilize Wilson to the best of his ability. So, yes, I would look at those two guys as well, bringing them back. My final move. My fifth move, I'm actually going to sign Joshua Bledsoe. I'm going to give him a one-year deal, about $2 million. Maybe I'd give him two years, $4 million, low-money deal. He has developed and improved over the last couple of years. Uh, is he somebody who's a big name? Of course not. But he is somebody that can play safety, and he has the potential to play some free safety with this team. So now if you've got Jonathan Jones moving back, because you signed Stephon Gilmore, now you have Bledsoe as that depth piece behind Jones and behind Peppers. So that's what I would do. The total AAV is $42.5 million, if you're wondering. That means in totality, offense and defense, average annual value of your Patriots in free agency, $103 million. Now, do I think that's going to happen? I do not think that's going to happen. I do think the Patriots are going to spend money. I don't think they're going to spend as much money as I spent. But I've got the money, and so I'm going to spend that money. So that's my defensive plan. You re-sign Duggar. You bump Judon. You keep him here for 24. You sign Gilmore. You sign Van Ginkle, and you re-sign Joshua Bledsoe. You continue to look at Jennings. You continue to look at Mac Wilson. And, of course, let's always remember, when we talk about AAV, you can mess around with signing bonuses. You can add voided years to the contract. There's a lot of different things that the Patriots have at their disposal to make these AAV numbers less. So when you look at a signing possibly of Calvin Ridley, and it's for four years, $68 million, there's a lot of things that you can do to play around with the money. So let's always keep that in mind. All right, your thoughts and comments. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up. Don't forget to comment. Don't forget to subscribe. Trying to hit 2,250 subscriptions by NFL Free Agency Week. Can we do it? I think we can. Let's continue to build this community. Let's continue to build the traffic. We do that by adding more eyeballs. Just take one second of your time and click on that like button. You can do it on Facebook, Twitter, slash X as well. And rate and review. Spotify, Apple Pods always helps us. As I mentioned a few moments ago, we are planning on doing a Patreon page. It will be bonus content for all of you for a small monthly fee. That will be happening in two weeks, so keep your eyes out for that. I'll have more details as we go along. It's bonus content. It's not going to impact what we do right here. So we're not going to go away. Don't be worried about that. We're going to continue to do what we're doing, but we're going to add some bonus content on the Patreon page for a small monthly fee. So keep your eyeballs glued to this space. And also you can follow me on Twitter slash X at Nick C radio right there. Hopefully all of you had a great weekend, by the way. Hopefully all of you enjoyed your weekend. Uh, Ryan Shaw says I would trade Judon and get Brian Burns. Certainly an option, Ryan. I mean, you could, you could move on from Judon and say, we're going to bring in a younger, true new number one guy on that edge. 
Burns is a name that a lot of people have brought up. And, you know, Edge is, Edge is actually pretty, uh, pretty deep when you look at free agency this year. You know, when you look at certain edge players, I brought up Van Ginkle, but you've got Josh Allen of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know Pro Football Focus wrote over the last couple of days that they would put Allen on the Patriots. That would be an interesting pickup. Daniil Hunter from Minnesota is another edge pass rusher who's good. Bryce Huff for the Jets is another guy that you can talk about. Chase Young, who's kind of, you know, played when he's wanted to play, but he has top-tier potential and great talent. Jonathan Greenard from Houston. So, edge is stacked in talent. There are a lot of quality edge players in free agency this year. So if you want to address that, and I think the Patriots will have to address it, there are a lot of names. There's a lot of names at the top, but there's a lot of mid-tier guys that can help you as well. Mike N says, I would rather trade Judon and sign a younger stud to that deal as much as I love him. So Mike agrees with Ryan. Trade Judon, sign a younger stud. Again, it's an option. I just look at the money that I've spent on offense and I look at, you know, are we going to be able to spend if you're, if you're re-signing Duggar, right? I mean, think about it this way. My plan, you tagged the Wenu, you signed Ridley and you re-signed Duggar. Those are three big items. I think you'll spend on two items on offense. As I talked about the last podcast, when we broke down offensively, what we would do in free agency. I don't know if they're going to spend on a big ticket item on, on defense. If they spend on two on offense, that's a lot of money. So if you're looking at it and Judon doesn't have a, you know, a huge, he's not making a ton of money this year. That's why you've got to bump him. So if the Patriots are willing to spend two huge ticket items on each side of the football, then yeah. Would I be in favor of Josh Allen? Absolutely. Would I be in favor of Burns or Hunter? Yes. Do I think that's realistic? I just don't. I think you're going to get two or three big names, and then I think you're going to get a lot of the middle-tier guys. You're going to get the Stephon Gilmores, the Van Ginkles offensively. You're going to get the Gerald Everett's. I just don't think they're going to go out there and just sign every guy at the top of the market. So it's a balance. It's a balance. Mr. Snoopy says, when we have to make trades for next year's draft, not this year's draft, you have to do that. We got to get Justin Fields. If we don't get our guy at three, otherwise we're going to get fired in a year. Um, I do not think that Mayo is going to get fired in a year. I do not think that Elliot Wolf is going to get fired in a year. I, I think people are realistic. Of course, they want to win, but I don't think anybody in that facility right now down the street from me is thinking we are going to compete right away. All right, let's continue with something else here. Michael Wenu's situation is getting interesting. Don't know how many of you saw this over the weekend, but Pro Football Talk reported that Wenu has informed teams via email that he has terminated his prior relationship with his agents, Roosevelt and Javon Barnes. Now, via NFLPA records, Wenu currently has no agent. By rule, Players must wait five days after terminating current representation before hiring a new agent, Owenu also might decide to represent himself. Now, it's very interesting that five-day window, when did Owenu fire his agents? When did he make this decision? Is he going to have an agent during the combine this week? The combine begins tomorrow, and as we know, we always get wrapped up in dudes and T-shirts and underwear, but the combine, there's a lot of free agency work done there as well. A lot of conversations are being had. So did Owenu move on from his agents last week, two weeks ago? I don't know. Story doesn't tell us that. 
So will Owenu have an agent? Will he have representation in Indianapolis? And how could that impact Owenu's free agency? Again, combine starts tomorrow. The tampering period begins on March 11th, two weeks from today. Now, if Owenu is going to represent himself, will the process slow down? Is that going to make it more difficult to iron out a deal? It could. Does Owenu move to a Patriots-friendly agency? You know, Kyle Duggar did that over the past couple of weeks. He went to an agency that has worked out several deals with the Patriots, especially defensive backs, Jonathan Jones, the McCordys. Those guys use the same agent as Kyle Duggar is using. So this stuff matters. Did, did Owenu fire his agents because he was unhappy with the negotiations with the Patriots? Again, we don't know, but it's a question that has to be asked. And I honestly believe it. I've said it for the last several weeks. The Patriots need Mike Owenu. They need Mike Owenu on this roster. I believe that wholeheartedly. They need that versatility. They need that talent up front. He's a good offensive tackle. He's a very good offensive guard. And going into the draft, going into free agency without Owenu, or, my, or Trent Brown, as we know, Brown's gone, which I'm not going to lose any sleep over. But without your two starting tackles from last year, it just brings a lot of different questions. And, and we don't even know if Cole Strange is going to be healthy. We don't know if City So is going to develop quick enough to be a legitimate starting guard for the next, you know, five, six years. You have to keep a Wenu. Uh, unless you have another plan. Look, I will say, I'll leave this opening. If they don't keep a Wenu, do they go out and spend on the offensive line, and do they invest draft picks in the offensive line? Michael Wenu is not the only plan here, but they have to make sure that they address the offensive line. They just have to. If they don't believe that a Wenu is a tackle, and they go out, they get Jonah Williams, and they draft a young tackle, and then they go out and get an, a guard, we'll see how all of that you know comes together. But if it, if it was me, I think keeping Michael Wenu is... Very important to this operation. Very important. If, if they don't keep him, it doesn't mean everything's a disaster because we'll see how they pivot and how they handle it. Do they trade for Conklin and Cleveland? Do they sign Jonah Williams? Those are the two starting tackles. Of course, they drafted a bunch of interior offensive linemen last draft. You've got to get some out of those guys with So and Moffey and Andrews. So there are ways to address the O-line if a Wenu walks. It's just for me, I would rather have a Wenu than not have him on this team. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Need that versatility. Some quick wide receiver notes from over the weekend. I know everybody loves wide receiver and talking wide receiver. T. Higgins was franchised. That's how I mentioned this a little while ago. What's interesting about Higgins getting franchised is not the fact that he was franchised. Many of us anticipated that happening. The interesting thing is that he was franchised over the weekend. The timing is fascinating because usually how this works you take it up until the very end 
I think it's March 5th is the last day that you can franchise somebody. Usually how front offices handle that is they wait until the very end to try to work out a long-term extension so they don't have to use the tag. So the Patriots right now, they're having conversations with Awenu. They're having conversations with Duggar. And if they want to keep those guys, they're trying to get them on long-term deals. So they don't pull the franchise tag trigger until they absolutely have to. So it's interesting that Cincy decided to pull that trigger before the combine began. It could lead you to believe two things. Number one, there's no way they're signing T. Higgins to a long-term deal, which would make sense because they know they have to get Jamar Chase done. I don't think you want to sign Chase and Higgins both at the top of the wide receiver market and be spending $50 million annual average value on the wide receiver position. So the fact that they franchised Higgins over the weekend would tell me they are not confident that he's going to hang around long-term. This is not going to be a a four- or five-year marriage. At least it doesn't seem that way. They want to keep Joe Burrow happy, but they understand because of Jamar Chase that they're not going to be able to keep Higgins on this team for very long. Number two, the fact that they franchised T. Higgins when they did would also lead you to believe that they are open to talking trade. Because as I just mentioned, when we look at the combine and we think of the combine, we think of dudes running 40-yard dashes. The combine has a lot to do with free agency. It has a lot to do with trade talk. Like the Justin Fields trade talk is happening this week. It's been happening leading up to this moment, but this week there's going to be a lot of Justin Fields trade talk at the combine. So for Cincy to franchise tag Higgins, they now have his money in place. So now they can talk to teams. So I think the fact that T. Higgins was tagged over the weekend should lead us to believe that, number one, he's not a long-term solution in Cincinnati. And number two, Cincinnati is absolutely, absolutely willing to take phone calls on Higgins because that's why you tag him before the combine. So when you talk to other teams, you're talking about the possibility of trading T. Higgins. Kinkato 21 jumps in. Would you cut Calvin Anderson this summer for cap? I'd have to look at what kind of cap savings they would get. Anderson didn't sign too big of a deal. I'd first want to find out if Anderson is healthy. Because last year I thought, you know, he just got off in a terrible spot. He was behind the eight ball all year. Had a very serious illness. Didn't know if he was going to continue to play football. So I don't think we saw Calvin Anderson for who he could be. I'm not telling you he could be great. But I think last year was a lost season for him. So I'm not itching to get rid of him. He's not making a ton of money. Devin Allen with a $5 super chat. Again, thank you for the super chats. That's how you jump to the front of the line with your question or comment. That's also how you financially contribute to the program, i.e. me. And I always appreciate that. Devin says, with the free agency class looking weak on offense, do you think it makes more sense to make the defense elite to keep scores down uh, for the offense? It's certainly a way you can look at it, Devin. Again, I thought Evan Lazar did a fantastic job at Patriots.com breaking all of this down in his mailbag. But you could look at it and say, hey, let's just build an absolutely ridiculous defense. In that way, we can compete this year. I don't think that rules out offensive moves. I don't think that's what Devin is saying. I think you still absolutely add to the offense via draft and via free agency. But if you don't get a Calvin Ridley, Who out there offensively is somebody that you want? I mean, there's not a lot of names, right? 
I mean, you can bring up Gabe Davis. He's a possibility. Odell Beckham Jr., he's a possibility. But if Pittman gets tagged, Evan stays in Tampa. We already know T. Higgins is getting is getting tagged, and he might get traded. I don't think you're you know spending draft picks and the money on T. Higgins. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that makes sense where the Patriots are right now to spend you know picks and top money on a wide receiver. Just doesn't make sense to to put all of those assets and resources into that position when you're a four win team. And so if if Calvin Ridley if you can't get a deal done with Calvin Ridley, then there's really no wide receiver that's the you know big-time name that you can go out there and get. You know, Justin Jefferson, we talked about him on a prior podcast. You can check that out on the channel and how much it might cost to bring him in town. So uh, there, there is a line of thinking that if you don't land one of these big fish at receiver and you don't bring Michael Wenu back, then what are you spending all of this money on? So. I would rather, I would rather, you know, spend on the defense for top tier talent than overspend for a bunch of mid offensive guys. You know, i.e., the Nelson Aguilors of the world, the Juju Smith Schusters. I would rather pay for top defensive talent than overpay for middling offensive talent. If those are my two options, and I don't know if those are your two options, but the defensive side is absolutely deeper in free agency than the offensive side. Jeremy Fowler reports that Tampa is looking to do whatever it takes to retain Evans. He's expected to stay. Again, that is not a surprise. When I did my offensive free agency conversation last week, somebody jumped on the chat and said, Nick, Ridley? Come on, Pittman's better. Higgins is better. And I remember saying at that time, we've got to be realistic. Don't forget to like, by the way. Give us that thumbs up. Take a second of your time if you like what we do and give us that like. I remember saying we've got to be realistic. And realistically, Higgins is going to get tagged. You'd say Evans is very likely going to stay in Tampa. And Pittman is very likely to be tagged by Indy. So when you look at receiver, you need to upgrade. I had some pushback over the weekend on X, shocker, right? About Ridley. Oh, he's not a number one receiver. He's not. Just get better. You know, I don't think the Patriots are in a position to get very choosy. Calvin Ridley, after missing a year and a half of competitive football, you know, came back last year and had, what, 76 catches, 1,000-plus yards, and eight touchdowns. The Patriots have had one receiver since 2017 hit 1,000 yards. They've had one guy do it. It was Edelman. And that's going back four or five years ago. So was Calvin Ridley as good as Michael Pittman or is he as good as T. Higgins? Many people would say no. But is Calvin Ridley a dramatic upgrade on what you have on this roster right now? Absolutely. And the idea is to get better. You know, Ridley, before he got into the gambling stuff and mental health stuff, we're talking about a guy who had, what, like 1,300 yards, 90-plus catches, and like 10 touchdowns with the Atlanta Falcons. We haven't, we haven't seen a guy that can, that can play on the outside and get those kinds of numbers since who, like Randy Moss? So we, we've got to keep it realistic and reasonable. And Calvin Ridley is mo most likely going to be the best available wide receiver on the market. And he is no doubt an upgrade. No doubt. Hands down, way better than Juju, way better than Devontae. The Charm City player, 
Don't know if they just jumped in, but said, I think a player like Andrew Van Ginkle would be a perfect target. Don't know if you heard it, Charm City, but I've got Van Ginkle joining the team, baby. That's one of my guys. Two years, $15 million for Van Ginkle. I think he could help. All right, don't forget to give us that thumbs up. Take a second of your time on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, slash X. More thumbs means more eyeballs as we continue to build momentum with this program. Always appreciate every single one of you. Like, comment, and subscribe. Trying to hit 2250, 2,250 subscriptions by free agency week. We've got two weeks. That's a big goal. Don't know if we're going to do it, but we've got to aim high. So 2250 is what we're looking to do. I appreciate all of you. We're back tomorrow, unless there's big time breaking news at 11 a.m. This has been the Nick Cattle Show.